It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot, hot, hot in here. And we're about to burn them up. Hot. It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot, hot, hot in here. And we're about to burn them up. Here comes the pressure. Flowers caught in the backfield and set. Niles Morgan along with Steve Williams. And it will be a turnover on down. What's going on, football fans? This is the XFL show, and this is a recap of the Tampa Bay Vipers' loss to the Seattle Dragons, 17-9. This is Bryant. This is Alan. Why so negative? Why not the Seattle Dragons win, Bryant? That's what this was. This was a <laughs> well, if city. Well, listen to last week's show, it's because I'm so high on the Vipers. I'm still saying that they lost this game. They could have won. That's what oh. I'm going to go with for right now. When you can't score <laughs> Alan, in the red zone. Clips in the... <laughs> we'll get to the woes of the of the Vipers soon enough. If you notice those clips in that, in that montage we just put together, all defense, that's what this game basically was. We had one big explosive play for the Dragons uh, that got them a touchdown. But really, this is a defensive story, right? Oh, this was all this was all D. Big plays on D, taking advantage of mistakes. This was also give it up to the running game. I thought every running back in this game ran their hearts out. I mean, these guys went for every ec- bit of extra yardage they could get because they knew it was at a premium. The Seattle Dragons backs made a few more Big plays, and of course, you got to give it up to Keenan Reynolds offensively. But the defenses in this were what it's all about. I've never seen a touchdown scored like that, like the one, like the one that uh, Seattle score, scored on. And I mean, that was absolutely <laughs> absurd by Marcel Frazier. I could not, I, I can't even fathom what happened there. Yeah, it was just kind of a weird play. You never really see that. You always dream of it, I guess, as a defensive player to just jump up, grab a ball, and land in the end zone. Uh, but it happened. Uh, w- what a play indeed. Alan, you talk about the running backs uh, fighting their heart outs here. I, I agree. It was, it was just a, it was a trench game. It was a, it was a hard fought game. It was a defensive battle. Definitely no flashes of offense, uh, at least on the passing side. We saw a lot of back and forth between Cornelius and Flowers for the Vipers. I guess when you lose your starter in Aaron Murray, w- what do you do? You just go to both backups? Well, they were just trying to find some sort of spark with Quentin Flowers, you could tell, and you know he has that run threat, but I don't think it's necessary when you've got Jacques Patrick and Devion Smith running the way they did, and Cornelius did find a rhythm eventually, hitting some guys, but then they stopped it dead, putting Flowers in. I think you abandon that that altogether. I know you this he's a special player, and you'd like to get him involved somehow, but I don't like the way they approached it. They kind of tried to force the issue a little bit too much with him, and that stunted them. I mean, he threw – that was an atrocious throw on the touchdown, uh, the the pick six. I mean, it was more like a like a, like a a hand six. He, like, literally handed it to, Mars, <laughs> to Marcel Frazier. <laughs> and that was just awful. And especially with, you know, if you're ba- backs to the end zone and you have Quentin Flowers in there – He's a forward-going quarterback. You know, he's a runner, so run the ball. Having him throw a screen, a, a, a play where you need to have, 
you know, a lot, some touch accuracy and be aware. Maybe not his strongest suit. He's not strongest suited for that play call. I don't. I mean that that's probably where you put a lot of the blame. Was just a lot of the the rhythm for this offense was it was a lot of starting and stopping. They got it going at times, especially with that running game. But they can never complete the mission. And still, two weeks in, Vipers without an offensive TD. Yikes. Well, and it was an impressive defensive touchdown for sure, but the red zone woes continue, right? Still no uh, touchdowns like you mentioned, especially in the red zone. They went 0 for 3. 0 for 3. Last week it was 4, so that's 0 for 7 on the season. You're not going to win many football games playing like that. Uh, Alan, you mentioned the rushing, 141 yards rushing total for the Vipers, 148 passing. So they had some offense, obviously not as explosive as they were last week against the New York Guardians, but still just can't seem to find the end zone. And in turn, the Dragons looked pretty impressive on the defensive side. I'm not willing to give them the full victory in terms of the defensive and battle against the Vipers offense, but you know the Dragons defense showed up. Dragons defense made the splash plays that won the game. Dragons offense made enough splash plays on offense to win the game. The Dragons offense outgained... Uh, bad on third down, but still just those moments, they 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 capitalized. Keenan Reynolds on that huge touchdown. Their running backs all ran hard. Farrow, Williams, uh, J.G. Wentworth, J- Jaquan Gartner himself. Uh, those guys are, uh, they are a hydra, a, a triple threat of awesome Dragons running backs. And, you know, with... 117 on the ground. They were under four per carry in this game, but I just thought the 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 times that they touched the ball were crucial. That was basically the they were the only positive net uh, plays for the Dragons on offense, and they, so they were that important because passing wise, I think Brandon Silver's a lot of issues. 82 net yard net passing yards, Brian, and really one of the most horrendous. Talk about Flowers' bad pick six, but the Silvers throw for the 70-plus yard pick six to the Vipers for their only touchdown, that was a terrible throw. Well, he came back a couple plays later and threw that pass to uh, Keenan Randall, 68 yards. Uh, Keenan Randall, three three receptions, 87 yards, one TD, but he was targeted eight times, and so that kind of tells you how off Brandon Silvers was. Uh, Look, I'm not going to say Tampa Bay should have won this game because they shouldn't have based on how they were playing today. They didn't play as good as they did last week. But the Dragons, you know, their their defense kept them in it. Their offense did not play well enough to win a game. They just didn't play bad enough to lose it, I guess is what you can say, at least from my perspective. But they had some, you know, their running game was was solid. They had over 120 yards rushing. Excuse me, almost 120 yards rushing. But both these teams are not looking impressive to me. Yeah, there, there's a, a lot to be desired with the quarterback situation for both teams. Now, it's odd because Tampa Bay is able to move the ball, and I think both teams have good running games and they have good offensive lines, but there's there's just no consistency, and there's there's no touchdowns, really. The, the, the touchdowns are at a premium for both these teams right now. So Seattle, they, they get the one-and-one one start. Tampa Bay 0-2, and, and they finally get a home game next week. But, yeah, there's a lot of improvement uh, left to be had for both squads. You look at the turnover battle, three turnovers for the Vipers, one for the Dragons. That, like you said, tells the story, the mistakes, and, you know, the quarterback situation. I don't know which one I'd rather have. It's something we'll have to discuss on Tuesday morning show, Brian. But with Murray hurt, Cornelius went in, he 
he showed some signs that he could be good, but you know, then the play calling was odd, throwing flowers into the mix, and also Cornelius inaccurate throwing at times. And then for Silvers, he was very inaccurate down the field, and he made some bad, bad throws. I mean, terrible misses, a terrible pick six. But then again, talk about the Dragons. They got after Cardell Jones a little bit last week, too, and they got after Cornelius and Flowers this week. I mean, hit the quarterback three times. I mean, they, they, they were defending passes. They were getting up in the faces of the quarterback. And I like Will Sutton in that defensive line. The Vipers, with their all-out attack on a quarterback like Silvers, it worked. But with smarter quarterbacks, I think, with you know more talented quarterbacks, which they will face in this league, Tampa Bay, uh, Cardell Jones, they have an inevitable, inevitable matchup with him. Uh, there are teams that will make you pay. I was surprised, actually, that with all the blitzing the Vipers did today, the Dragons only once really took advantage of some one-on-ones and got that one big touchdown because they just went full house at Silvers and he he could not handle it. He could not adjust except for the one big play. And luckily that was enough. Well, yeah, the, the, the Dragons led, I mean, I'm sorry, didn't lead this game until halfway through the third quarter. Uh, so it was, it was a comeback in the sense that, you know, Tampa Bay had this game under control. The defense had it under control. And then, you know, that atrocious pick six kind of did them in. It was after that touchdown that Brandon Silver's threw. But again, like like I said, both teams made the plays. I'm excuse me. The Dragons made the plays to win the game. Tampa Bay made them made themselves enough plays to stay in the game. But both these teams need to shape up if they want to move on. I mean, you talk about the quarterback situation. I think Brandon Silver's is a little more dire of a situation because you have BJ Daniels behind uh, Brandon Silver's, but Jim Zorn seems content with with uh, Silvers at this moment in time, so who knows how that's going to play out. Uh, Tampa Bay has Aaron Murray, who moved the football last week. Uh, Cornelius showed signs of, of greatness. Well, greatness is a loose term. I probably shouldn't throw that out there, but either way, uh, Tampa Bay has some some other questions, I think, and it's just what the heck are they doing with the coaching? You know, down there – it just seems like they they need to have a plan in place and stick to it, not this back and forth. Or maybe that was their plan. It just didn't pan out because it did not look great on television. Can you imagine? Start, if, stop, um, start, stop. That's what all, what it was. <laughs> just like Cornelius go, maybe you pull that one out. Maybe you get your first touchdown. It was laughable too that you know they go for that field goal uh, later in the game and they and the the holder. I don't know if he had uh, slippy hands or if he has tiny hands or what. He couldn't handle the snap and. The Vipers don't even get three down there, but they should have gotten a touchdown. You had the Roley play call where Flowers hit a, a running back in the hands, but it was behind him, and he was in the end zone. I mean, it's it's like a mental thing now for the Vipers, getting into the end zone on offense. It's just, will they score? Will it come at that first home game next week? Uh, I, I mean, this is really, uh, if you're talking about the first now week and a half of, of season, um, the uh, Mark Tressman offense, the Tampa Bay Vipers, not having an offensive touchdown yet is the most shocking thing to me of anything going on in the XFL right now, Brian. And they're taking on Houston next week, who, I mean, we've only seen one game of their D, but they hit the quarterback, what, 15 times last week? 16 times? Uh, not going to be fun for, for Tampa Bay's quarterback, whoever it is next week. So they got a lot of stuff to figure out. Maybe, like you said, find that plan, stick to it. Run the ball. Keep just 
pound that rock, man. These Both these teams have good running games. I don't think they ran it enough. They didn't do a lot enough, really, to be 100% honest. At least on the offensive side, uh, they got to shape up. Uh, looking ahead a little bit, like you said, the Roughnecks are going to Tampa next week. It'll be the Roughnecks' first road game, too. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And then Dallas is coming into Seattle uh, next week, both Saturday games on ABC and Fox, respectively. All right, Alan, anything else before we get out of here? We got two more games tomorrow. We had two games today, another packed weekend of football. Man, this is this is getting re- – I mean, this is real football now. We're, we're in the middle of a season. No more gimmicks, no more gadgets. We're over the cool coverage that ESPN and Fox have been doing it, have been doing. You know, we're expecting it now. Uh, what more do you got to say? Uh, hip, hip, hooray. Congratulations to Jim Zorn, I want to say, and the the people of Seattle who just were thunderous. You could hear it coming across on TV. That place was loud. It looked like a lot of fun. I'm hoping I can be in Seattle for a game this year. That would be amazing to be a part of that kind of atmosphere, almost 30,000 people. And, yeah, that was – it was, you know, obviously we talked about these offenses, a sloppy game. Uh, these defenses really capitalized, but – you know, I think that's what you're going to see until that the 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 reps happen. You know, until you get the experience with each other through the first two weeks, growing pains. A lot of the teams are, they're not going to be the Houston Roughnecks, and you're going to have have to you know go through ugly wins like this for the Dragons or tough tough growing pains like the Vipers before your offense could start dazzling in a little bit. And I think we'll see it definitely from Tampa. They're going to break through. They're they're getting the yards. And then for Seattle, I'm interested to see how Silvers comes along. He's obviously a decent game manager, but can he make those splash plays every single game? Something to watch for. But for now, they are 1-1, one and one, and uh, Jim Zorn looked ecstatic after that game. He looked like he was on a high of just from the atmosphere and going through that grueling win because they were down nine. Big comeback. First big comeback. I'd say that was a later comeback than we saw last week, Brian, for the Seattle Dragons. So hard-fought victory for certain. That indeed, Alan. All right, football fans, you've been listening to a mini-sode recap of the Seattle Dragons' victory 17-9 over the Tampa Bay Vipers. Remember to catch us every single week, Tuesday mornings, Thursday nights, on your favorite podcast gimmick on XFL.com or at XFL.com, excuse me, YouTube.com slash XFL, the official YouTube channel of the XFL. Alan, Thank you so much for joining us for another great Saturday. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. But we'll, we'll be back tomorrow for two, two more. <laughs> for Brian, for Alan, this is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.